0: Rubbing shoulders with CEOs and millionaires. I've never
1: seen my vision be more crystal clear. Look in the mirror, see the change of who I used to be. I kept going, new success will come eventually. But ask about me back then, they said I wouldn't make it. Nowadays, they doubt less and tend to ask for favors. Poetic music that's realness, don't let them tell you different. And if you ever lost in doubt, then follow your intuition. Words of wisdom is for those who's trying to find a purpose Don't be living just to die, cause only death is certain I'm working hard so I can toast to my accomplishments Cause see I lost it all and I ain't been the same since I'm more focused, more ambitious, more everything Grew up with nothing, now I appreciate the finer things I know it's real when at the shows asked for autographs And now they know the name, they ain't gotta ask
0: yeah. Alright, so another member of the illustrious Jewish War Veterans Post 344 for one of the oral histories. Um, we've continued to do this with our post members and we're having a, a great time getting to know each individual member of our post and kind of their life story and, and what they've done you know, outside of the military before and after as well and then obviously what they did in the military. So the next guest is Alan Werns. So appreciate your time and, and thanks for being here. You're welcome. So how we kind of do this is just, you know, we start from the beginning, kind of how you grew up, where you're from, all that good stuff, and then kind of move along in kind of a chronological order.
1: I was born in New York City in Brooklyn, uh, and I was a baby, which is pretty good if you're, uh, you're born. No, I'm just kidding around. I have a history in New York City. I was born there. I um, I lived in Brooklyn for ten years. Then we moved to Queens. And uh,
0: what what part of I'm Brooklyn used, did you live in?
1: I, I'm not used to being into uh E, <laughs> so I'm trying to right. So I went to uh, City College in New York, the Brookburgh School of Business and Public Administration got a bachelor's, I was going at night, but then our friend, President Johnson, took away our deferments, so I went full-time during the day. And um, at the same time, I was working, when I was at night, I was working for Chase Manhattan Bank or Wall Street. Uh, then when I graduated Baruch, I graduated um- Baruch. I graduated Baruch. I have a little uh, memory problem too, so this is going wonderful.
0: No, you're fine, you're fine. So what what, what yeah, year were after, you? So what what year were you born?
1: Nineteen forty six. I'm I'm on the leading edge of baby boomers.
0: Yeah. So um and when you were born in Brooklyn, were your parents born in the United States or did they come from somewhere else?
1: No, they were born in the United States. One was born in Queens, one was born in Brooklyn. My mother's side my dad's not jewish my mom is mm-hmm. a maiden name plus and i have quite an extensive uh uh background genealogy on that
0: yeah, nice um and then how how big was your family you have siblings and all that and... i have a
1: sibling who uh who's not following a jewish religion i am uh i wasn't raised jewish but one day i said I want to be part of this uh, this tribe, mm-hmm. so I uh, I took an introduction in uh, Judaism. I had a a little hustle hassle with Rabbi Rabbi um, Foster because I said I don't need a conversion cost or anything. I'm Jewish. I'm circumcised, and I. Um, I'm guilty. I am I'm feel guilty all the time, I, and I make people guilty. So, <laughs> you're, so in. I started, you're in. You're in. So, I got, then I went right to my B'nai Mitzvah, studied that, and had my B'nai Mitzvah in 1999 in May. And uh, I went to a manual, I just picked it out of the, out of the book. I oh, just wow. went to Manuel. I, I went there for twenty three years. Uh while in the service, I forgot about my service. I uh what, so we'll, did basic
0: we'll we'll get to it. So we'll Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how you grew up then. So with that, obviously you grew up your your mother was Jewish, you came in a mixed mixed home. Um right. what was what was growing up in queens like for you like what what part of queens did you grow up in um right well i s- spent 10 years in brooklyn
1: i was 10 years old when we moved to queens brooklyn is uh, a faded memory i really got my foundation in queens uh, this uh, it was maspeth queens m-a-s-p-e-t-h okay and uh, um had uh, Bunch of friends. And so. And typical New Yorkers. We didn't go to Manhattan because we only go to Manhattan to work. Um, Got it. As I said. um, Yeah. I went to uh, Grover Cleveland High School in in Queens, Ridgewood, Queens. And I worked at night.
0: And if somebody were to ask you, like what 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 kind of kid you were, what would you say?
1: What kind of kid?
0: Yeah, were you kind of rebel? Were you a little rambunctious? Were you were a good kid?
1: Uh, I I was just a wise guy from Brooklyn. I mean, uh, uh, we were. For example, we didn't go to Manhattan until we had to uh, work, and we come back immediately. I played stickball ride my bike uh, and I was just a normal kid uh, in, a, you know, in a white county uh, with, um, when we moved to Brooklyn, my dad said one day, he wanted to get back to Queens. So he says, the neighborhood's changing. <laughs> so, so we moved to Queens and he was happy. My mom was happy. We lived on the second floor of a duplex. And I went, you know, I just had the same uh experience as other white guys in um in, in Queens.
0: Okay. This, was, is, uh, this is kind a of group. a a dumb question, but Mets or Yankees.
1: I'm giants, Leo Giants.
0: Oh. What about what about baseball?
1: Yeah, New York Giants.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, San, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, I, I San Francisco. Yeah. San
1: Francisco moved to San Francisco in nineteen fifty eight. Gotcha. And I was very about uh, that. My grandfather was a Giant fan. My dad was a Giant fan, and I was a Giant fan. So baseball was a big part of my growing up.
0: Yeah, and so the Giants
1: played in the pol- Polo grounds. Yeah. And if you were born on certificate, they would stamp what team you root for. Mine was New York Giants. That's, a, that's being sarcastic. But if I'm a Giant, the Dodgers and the Yankees were the enemies. Gotcha. And I would friend the high school every day. He was the Yankee fan. I was the Giants fan. And we argued all the way there. Uh, who was best, Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle? <laughs> and... And I even was taking exams in high school. You take it before you go in college. And giant's a plenty of world series in California. And I said, the hell with this. I just walked out uh, an hour, hour and a half before. And I didn't care about the, uh, I think they call them the I didn't. I didn't care about that.
0: <laughs> and then so when you were growing up to being that, you came from a mixed family was 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 jewish identity talked about in the in your house at all like did you know that you were jewish so to speak
1: i knew i was jewish because i would get some anti semitic remarks semi-remarks and uh my mother spoke several words and well uh, he, uh, she grew up in brooklyn of course and she New Yiddish, not not fluently. This is several weeks, like a and Chanik, and, uh, and you know, I picked up some phrases, but I was raised promising Christian because quote my parent, my grandparents, my dad's side were alive. My mom mom wasn't uh, her pa- her grandparents were born in Lithuania, and I never had a connection to Judaism. Uh, growing up, which is unfortunate because I think there's several Jews in, in, the, in New York city.
0: Yeah. We- <laughs> um, yeah, that, no, that's interesting. So you went to school. Um, this was like what the sixties, early sixties, you went to college.
1: Yeah. I so thought college was in 1969. Oh, okay. Uh, High school I graduated in nineteen sixty-three. And,
0: and so went to, uh yeah. And so growing up in that time frame, obviously it's a very interesting time in the US history with you know civil rights movement, Vietnam War going on. Do you remember any of that time at all? In, uh, in, in like how you felt and everything. Of course.
1: But I'm not a pro a protester and I'm looking for something here. I'm gonna put my earbuds in. I'll just turn this up. Yeah, I was aware of Columbia, I was aware about the shooting in Texas, Mm -hmm. but I was uh, a non-participant. I did not, to me, what the hell did I do? My dad was, it was a Democrat, and he was, well, if you know Archie Bunky, you know my dad. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And he didn't like that. My cousin called him Uncle Archie, and he didn't like that. (laughs) uh my there was no anti-semitism in the house uh my with my mom and you know my mom loved my dad a lot and went along with whatever he wanted to do she was a typical housewife <laughs> my dad worked for the veterans administration okay and he was working world war Two, three uh um normandy plus three days uh he was on uh then he went up to france and the hedge he had the hedge 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 bushes whatever and he was shot in the stomach and in the family uh, we had a joke that maybe he was shot by one of his cousins
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay and so you you go through school. You start working. Um, when when did the the military come into to play in your life?
1: Right, I was going to school at night. Had no problem until President Johnson, uh, who I hated. Uh, he one well, night hate him. He had to be president. When it was, I'd gone through my life cycles, mm-hmm. and he took away deferments for. Uh, if you're going for your degree, you had to have go full time. So I quit my job, went full time, graduated in January sixty-nine, and I immediately was drafted. Went down to the draft board. It was if you pass the physical, you're gone. So I did I had some problems in the physical, but I was sent back to. I went back home. Uh, then I was, yeah, I drafted in the Air Force, and I said, "I'm not going to uh, take a chance going to Vietnam." So I went in the Air Force for four years.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did your how did your parents take you getting drafted? Like when you said, "Hey, I finished school," but they they gave me the letter. I had to go take a physical, and I'm 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 in. What was your parents' reaction to that?
1: Right. My parents not being educated, uh, college, um, it wasn't a big deal. My dad, uh, I guess he was proud, but he would keep a, a calendar of every month, and this click off every month until it hit the forty eighth month. He proud to be a, a military person. Mm-hmm. He hung up with God major cause to all military uh and my first time i voted was for richard nixon got it
0: and so so you you kind of grew up with a little bit of uh knowledge as far as like your dad and and the people that he hung out with so it wasn't just completely alien to you right like you kind of heard stories yeah he yeah he,
1: he would uh, go out with the, with the guys at neighborhood bar he went to when he was 18 in Queen, Queens. And uh, they were people in his group, like millions of other people that age. They, um, they had love of country, uh, baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but he never talked about the war, World War Two, to me mm-hmm. uh, he held it all in at, at times like his sister would my aunt would come over and he would have a couple of drinks and he would open up with her but I he was drafted of course and uh, he was drafted and uh, spent several months in a hospital, hospital in Long Island. Uh, and growing up, my family—mom and dad—they they did everything for us. My mom has six siblings, two uncle, uh four uncles, and one uh, one aunt of mine. And. She, they were a close family, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the knowledge of what it is to be Jewish. So I, my uncle wrote down everything on two pieces of paper, and that gave me a wonderful uh, background of the, of the family. She was a plus, P L U S S.
0: Okay. Do you know, do you know how like some of the names worked out? Like some of the the Ashkenazi Jews, like how they got their family names.
1: Sorry, I that. I said,
0: do you, do you know how how folks got their names, like back in Europe, like why that name was what it is?
1: I think my name is Alan. I think the A comes from Abraham. My grand, my
0: uh, well, I, I my
1: grandfather was uh, Joseph.
0: No, I, I so I'm 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 referring to your the last name. So Prush, like P U R S S. Oh, last
1: name. It's they, yeah, last name is a German name. They took out the T because they didn't think I was smart enough to spell it. That's a whole family joke
0: too. So, so in in Europe, basically, there's two two types of of names, like family names, that usually come about. It's usually what you did in the village. So if your name is Black, you generally were like a blacksmith if you were doing like bloom, like another Jewish name, you were a florist. So your, your name was based on the occupation that you had in the town. And then the second part of that is a lot of other people were named after the town that they were from. And so for example, no,
1: no, no, I that's not right. I had no idea of the, I knew I was Jewish, but had no background whatsoever. My mother used to make some Jewish dishes. Uh, My uncle, who became my surrogate uh, dad, uh, who uh, followed his Judaism, uh, occasionally going to temple. But I was not aware of Jewish names. I uh, wasn't aware of holidays. I just was aware of the New York Giants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... So you. So let's get back to your your service time. So sixty nine, get drafted. You join the Air Force. What what kind of job did you have in the Air Force?
1: In, in sixty nine, I had basic was sent to Shepard Air Force Base to become a corpsman, which bothered me because the uh, wonderful uh, draft uh, is the sergeant at the draft, uh, the recruiting office said oh we're going to put you in hospital administration they didn't then i became a Corman, which i did not particularly was fond of but as you can see i i have i have humor <laughs> humorous guy and i just made fun of it got through uh, uh got through the Corman training and was sent to wilford hall Hospital in San Antonio, where I had my basic in July. The the heat of the night and the day too. It was hot.
0: Yeah, I was stationed but our there too. Were
1: brand new. Our barracks were brand new, and they were air conditioned. People said, "Good air conditioned barracks." I said, "Yeah, I can't help out." You know, I slept where they told me to go.
0: <laughs> How did you like and San Antonio? I'm sorry? How did you like San Antonio?
1: Well, I could have been basic training in any city. You hate that city. (laughs) San Antonio. Oh, my God. And uh, I uh, hooked up with, uh, of course, some people. Uh, I was taken out of Corman because I was not particularly fond of it. And I had some anxiety and they sent me to Wilford Hall. Uh, you know, life is when you come to the fork in the road, take it as Yogi Berra said, and you are never going to know what happens when went this way. Well, I went back to, from the hospital into the hospital personnel. And that was my, that was my thing. Um, I joked around with the guys. I, uh, and one day, the, uh, the people in assignment, one guy said he was from Montana. He said, they called me Big Al because it was after the show uh, Laughing. So I was Big Al. I said, yeah. She says, do you want to go to the Air Force Academy? I says, no. I said, I graduated. He says, no to work. And I said, uh, well, what are the options? He said, Vietnam. And I said, where is this Academy? Academy, and the academy was my main. About I spent about thirty months down the academy, and I hooked up with people my age. Course, and it's just automatically, you know, you know, you just drift to the people that have the same background as you. I worked for in the head in the administration in the headquarters, and I could do nothing wrong. The major, he loved me. Whatever he wanted to do, he he. He, I couldn't do wrong. And I, uh, it was a wonderful assignment. For example, one time, the officers in the academy did not like the officers on the academic side. And I had all these binders. I kept the regs and manuals and all that. And this captain came in. So happened, my my major was the director. The director, he was sitting right in front of me. We had two chairs. And this, uh, this um, captain comes in and he says, Ammon, do you have this regulation whatever? And I, I said to him, you know, you were so close to it, uh, yeah, it almost bit you in the ass. And my major said to the captain, he said, he said isn't that funny, you know? And he, so they had, he laughed. And um, I did uh, one time he asked, oh, he let me go to get my master's at UNC University of Colorado. It was called a, a university without walls. I would meet at a certain location in Denver or, or Colorado Springs, have a, a class, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and two weeks later, Friday, Saturday, and that's how I got my um, uh, my master's. He he cut me orders just to cover my tuggers. So. And the, peak, the, the the life is in the office. they knew my relationship with the major, so I had
0: it made. I had it made. I did whatever he wanted, and it was just it's great. That's awesome. And then so you you went to the academy, did what you had to do there, and then did you did you um, get out of the military at the academy?
1: yes my four years up in july 73 okay uh i was sent i drove up to the academy at night it was pitch black they put me in these barracks and i woke up the next morning and there was puffy white clouds the blue sky i was hooked before i was there for 24 hours <laughs> i mean that it, being in colorado this grew on me it was uh Wonderful place back then. 1971, I hit the academy in March. I was discharged in July, and uh, '73. I drove home like any kid would do who gets discharged, Mm -hmm. and I had a minor problem. I couldn't I couldn't take the weather, the people, the noise, uh, you know, uh, and the storm broke my camel's back. I'm getting my car washed. And the guy behind me, I go to put more money. The guy behind me says, he said, you don't have to put any more money. Your car is clean enough. I didn't even look at him. I just said to myself, I know Colorado. He does it. I'm gone. I drove back to the Academy.
0: Wow. Just.
1: I drove back to Springs.
0: Yeah. And so when you got back, what were you thinking as far as? what to do did you have kind of a plan in Indeed. place so you just knew that like i got to get back to colorado i'll figure out the rest
1: right i just packed my car and went uh you, i could have gone to chase Manhattan Bank but i got i missed the time frame where you have before you could go back to the way you worked mm-hmm. and and the person Maria she wasn't too happy way i was working anyhow so I, uh,
0: hmm.
1: and it was that I I found a federal uh, announcement from the general accounting office jail. And uh, I uh, filled out the paperwork and I got to Colorado. Well, I worked for AAA while waiting to get sent to, uh, oh, to stop my job at the federal government.
0: Got it. Do you? Uh, this is a weird question to ask. Do you remember that ride going back? Do you remember like certain things about the ride yes. going back?
1: Yes. But I was too good a driver at night. When I hit the academy, I went in on the wrong side of the guardhouse. The guy stripped me out. I'm driving to the barracks. And my directions aren't good anyhow. And I see these lights in the background. It was an AP saying, Ammon, he said, he said, I had to stop you before you killed yourself. I never forget that. He, and he escorted me to the barracks. <laughs> That's one. Yeah. I never went. That was my first cross country trip. Well, half country trip uh, in my car. My dad didn't have a car. I didn't know from taking a car trips and vacations.
0: Oh yeah, like many. You're one of those typical New, New Yorkers, Yorkers. Didn't a,
1: right? Didn't have a car.
0: Didn't didn't have a driver's license. I had a friend of mine who was from Brooklyn. He didn't have a driver's license until he joined the military.
1: You know, I got one. My aunt of my uncle Sam gave me driving lessons, and uh, I had a. I had a license, but never drove before I went to the Air Force.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you can see I'm opening up now. Yeah, a little bit. Um, when you when you filled out the, the paperwork to to work at the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, for those folks that don't work in the federal government arena, um, did, was it something that interested you, or you were just looking for a job?
1: No, it interests me because I was a management auditor and most of the guys were CPAs or had CPAs. They were accountants. If I worked for a CPA, uh, if I had an accounting job, they signed me to. I worked always for a CPA. Um, And the job description found wonderful. It's a professional job, you know, uh, and... uh, I had let's see I had thirty four years of a fun,
0: yeah, and what did, yeah, what uh, going going back to moving back to Colorado, what'd your family say when you were like, I'm out of here like New York's not for me anymore
1: I remember packing the car, and mom said goodbye I don't even know I think I told my dad I listed in the Air Force, but unlike other people, when I graduated from college, we, I didn't even have a party. Didn't have a party for me. Um, and my mom, of course, uh, didn't like the situation. And my dad just rolled with the punches. He had to be proud of me. Never told me. Mm-hmm. Closer to my mom than my dad.
0: Uh and so, at the the GAO, that was in Colorado Springs or in Denver. It was in Denver, Colorado. Okay, I'm in
1: Denver. I work for AAA, waiting for my uh, time. I'm going to be uh, uh, working with the GAO.
0: Got it. And so, during during your time working at the, you know, at a at a federal. Agency, what do you miss about it, and what what could you have like just said? Okay, I don't, I don't even need to worry about this anymore. Like, I, I miss, I missed
1: the travel. Although I, we complained, uh the guys in the office. Eventually, it was women was there uh, there too. I had, I had an amazing, amazing things happened to me. I was put on a audit. We had to go to mines because of safety issue. We could audit anything that has federal, uh, I guess federal funds, and to balance the public, uh, the public sector. I would interview people in the in the public sector. My first job was in the mines. The first mine was uh, in Colorado Springs, an old gold mine that closed up. Okay. And the day day before, I ripped my thumb open. my razor so i got into the elevator actually called a man shift and uh i was bleeding and it was it was water coming down he called a wet a wet shaft i said what the hell am i getting into here but uh i went to several mines maybe nine or ten across the country Hmm. and i learned a lot
0: Yeah, the travel definitely I think people fail to realize, yeah, we don't in the you know, working for various, you know, organizations myself, like people don't understand that like the benefits of being able to to get out and, and to meet people and, and travel not only in the country but internationally. It just opens your eyes on, on like what's available out there and how good we have it as Americans, I feel. Did you get a sense of that when you were traveling and kind of Auditing some of these well, these places, well,
1: I, I would go to an agency and the supervise with GS twelve or maybe even GS nine, and they they she had or he had more responsibility than I had as an auditor, and I, I was always able to empathize with the people uh, I'm interviewing or we would we'll set up. We, we're, we have set up a site that would give us a place to work, and uh, we would interview people and uh, do some paperwork, look at the regulations. And uh, criteria is always a big – you want to have criteria when you an order. If you don't, you, we make up on criteria, and that's, that's difficult.
0: Yeah. Now, when you were doing these auditings uh, around the country – were were the folks that you were generally the folks that were being audited were they receptive towards you guys? Were they like helpful or were they kind of standoffish because they felt like they did something wrong?
1: Well, I get the feeling you, you knew about GAO, right? Yeah, well, you were in the army overseas or something and somehow got hooked up in the uh, uh, uh e Arab immigrants, immigrants, uh, uh, so you know about. Gal, we would have a entrance conference, and the big trust from Washington would come out mm-hmm. and, uh, and make a big deal out of it. And you always thought we interviewed somebody, and you you know they say thank you a lot of stuff. I say thank you, and you turn around. I wonder if they gave you a finger. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Gal. I was the enemy. But if aging the auditing is uh, uh say if the agency if the order was about the agency they would as, say there was a conflict within the agency they would love to talk to you because this is this is an independent person that could empathize with with their situation and that was good
0: yeah no i i, I mean obviously it's a necessary evil to ensure that the, the taxpayer money is being utilized properly and effectively. Right. And excuse me, can I, I'm
1: going to get my hearing aids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one time I had an audit in
1: Salt Lake city, the state in the state offices and these guys were talk, talking, about a poker game and they I said, "Could I join your poker? game?" they said, sure. And We had the poker game, and I was the big winner, which was embarrassing because I was the auditor. But, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, a little uh, okay. public image there, right?
1: Right, you had you couldn't take any gifts and all this stuff. And, and one time in Albuquerque for Happy Hour, there were several of us in the office on different audits in Albuquerque, and uh, there was a you know, for happy I would have had a hypnotist and uh, <laughs> I I became a star being a because uh, the way I handled being that, I, I said, I wasn't I wasn't hypnotized. And the guys go, Yes you were, you know. And back on the eighth the next day, this guy says, I saw you last night at the happy hour of the hotel. He says, uh, you're very good. And I was embarrassed because Again, once again, I was embarrassed that this somebody from the agency uh, was aware of me after work. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then uh, out of all the places that you've audited, was there something that just really resonated with you as far as either that particular place or organization that you audited? That either the people or the actual <laughs> place itself
1: right well you get on assignment and you had to do work in San Francisco and people say as a doggo. you know people in the office I says yeah I get up at 6 o'clock and get back to the office at 7 o'clock and uh I don't see can't sight see nothing it, it will it had gotta work uh I like to people uh I did not like writing the reports. <laughs> uh, yeah. We had a saying in GAO, reports are released in this office, it escapes. You <laughs> would we sent back to Washington and the process of getting out a report was just unbelievable. Yeah,
0: and so, so so with that 30 34 years of service four years of military service so almost 40 plus years of federal service of some kind um looking back on it now how did the experience shape you and like your views today like who you are as a person
1: i always my lifetime i always was more aware of what i'd done after i was done with you know done with the personnel I looked back and said, oh, you know, I could have taken advantage of this and that. Uh, I, I always look back with uh, with fondness, uh, uh because uh, wherever I was at, in San Antonio, Colorado Springs, I did uh, tech training in Shepard Air Force Base in Texas. It always was... I always found the humor in the situation. I met a guy in our group from Oklahoma and he had a master's in, you know, laboratory work, whatever, whatever, and he became a captain in San Antonio where I was, you know, and I had some health issues and they wanted me to collect some samples and, uh, you get the cup. I said, "Is Lieutenant Silver going to get this stuff?" He said, "Yeah." And I I filled it to the top, the cup of my fecal matter. And nurse says, "Oh my God, this is heavy. Don't worry about it." And because my my friend in the lab was going to get it, I guess one of the troops gave it to him. You know, and he. He hated the military, you know, and he said, Sergeant Worms, I said, oh, shit, he never called me Sergeant. He said, if you ever do that again, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I got away with things. I had to, uh, I had to keep my, uh, every several hours I had an empty a pay can, and I had to uh, leave a sample in there, and... I make up a story where a guy said, you know, that brown stuff was good, <laughs> you know, but he didn't eat it. But I always find the, the uh, humorous end of, of it. If it wasn't for my humor, I would be dead.
0: Yeah. Dead on the right. Did you have the same kind of camaraderie that you had in the military in the GAO?
1: Oh, yes. we. Uh, what happens is you automatically break out to a group. Uh and uh, I've been going to the same Happy Hour for about 45 years. <laughs> the guys retired, and we have Happy Hour now. And uh, uh, we play basketball on Friday, then go to Happy Hour. And uh, I had some good friends, uh, a couple that really uh, was wonderful. Yeah.
0: Nice. And then um so are you are you retired now? From GL? From from every Titan two
1: thousand Yeah two
0: thousand
1: three.
0: Okay. And what what did you do after you retired? Anything fun, anything different that you normally didn't get to do before? Um I didn't want to travel. I was just
1: Planes, changing planes, and babies crying. I just didn't want to travel, so I didn't travel. Mm -hmm. Although I was watching it, i have been to Israel three times.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Uh, Been to Great Britain. Been to... uh, I think that's about it, because my girlfriend uh, made me travel. (laughs) (laughs) I met her in Emmanuel.
0: (laughs) I, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I travel for work and so the last thing you want to do like on your time off is get on a plane and go somewhere. Right. So Right. I, I'm I'm totally lockstep with you on that one. Um, with with that being said, I've been you to China.
1: You're...
0: I've been to China too in two thousand two. Oh
1: wow. China. How was that? Oh, well, I had a joke that this was the first trip I went on where I took my dirty wash to China. Uh, because there's a lot of... And if I said that today, I would be shot by some liberal. You know, you could, you can't badmouth China the way I did back then. And in the hotel, one of the hotels in Beijing, there was a, 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 a addition to the hotel there's a little step. And of course, I did not avoid it. I went down on my knee and I was... Uh, in pain, and I got back that that night, and this guy comes over and says, uh, uh, you fell this morning, didn't you? They must have had cameras, and they knew I fell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I didn't have the sense of China the way I would have, if, if I would have gone after my retirement, it would have been different well i did go after my retirement but it was thousands of bicycles and now it's thousands of cars yeah and if i knew what i knew then back down i would not have gone to china
0: so you just went on on travel. personal travel you just wanted to go check it out
1: yeah personal travel and because of their uh the way they treat the people and kill them you have reprogramming camps and everything and i would not go to china likewise rabbi foster went to cuba i refused to go to cuba and he says no but girlfriend went and uh, i would not go to uh uh cuba
0: so tell me tell me a little bit about your personal life um as far as so you you're working at the gao did you were you single at the time? Did you get married yes. during that time?
1: I'm not. I'm not married.
0: Okay. And guy says,
1: people say you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and so during that time, and working
1: for GAO, working for GAO, that took away from my social time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I have to establish roots when you're on your way to a city don't Oh, I didn't uh, uh, interviews on Indian reservations. Uh,
0: then, um, so do you, do you have family at all? Like in Colorado or any, anywhere close? No, I never had
1: family in Colorado.
0: A lot of people,
1: their family comes after they get to Colorado.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly.
1: Um, you could get my dad.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask did they, did they ever come to visit you
1: yes one time and when, when we had it was the week we we're going to have the annual picnic in gao which everybody went just the brown nose to put the big shots and my dad smoked a cigar and uh, uh this guy came back with a watermelon he happened to be a, a man of color and he says i smell watermelon my dad laughed and laughed because that fit right into the stereotype that his group had. And I took it to the mountains and my dad is, you know, maneuvering. He, and we got back, he says, uh, what do you think about the trip? He said, uh, he said, that was a lot of mountains. He'd rather be in the pool drinking a beer. Uh, and uh, he wasn't a sightseer nor my mom. I never went to the Empire State though. Mm. I never went to the
0: State
1: <laughs> People die to go there. Yeah. And uh, my sister is in Connecticut and we have a little problem. She doesn't talk to me. So, and we fall like cats and dogs.
0: Yeah. And so, tell me a little bit about you working at the GAO office. You said Around you said ninety nine, you kind of got the itch to kind of re-identify with your your Jewish identity.
1: I I um, picked up my Jewish identity in uh, nineteen ninety eight. Okay, I didn't. I never went to church, uh, and then I just had this this pulling field, I was pulled into the Judaism. And I love it. And uh, uh, it be- Emmanuel became my second home. Uh, and I have so many uh, acquaintances over there. And uh, I jumped into, you know, I went to a Introduction to Judaism on my own. Normally I have to have sponsor, I don't know. And I, made it known that I was Jewish and um, um, changing my religion. And Jewish, Jewish uh, the Jewish situation, I was born for it. I mean, I, I, I always say, here I am a Jew, but I never grew up a Jew in New York City and all the things I could have done as a Jew in New York City.
0: And was it was it something in your life that you felt was missing? Was it a, like a crazy event that happened in your life that kind of got you on that path? Like what, what drew you to that being part of that community?
1: I, I think my chromosomes were talking to me and they said, you know, you better pick up a Judaism. And uh, it was, uh, people always say it, I was just drawn into it. Uh, I was nervous picking a temple to go to, happened to be Emmanuel. And uh, I'm so happy about being a Jew. So in the Air Force, I wasn't, I was a Jew, but did not follow the religion, unfortunately. And uh, I was just drawn into it. It was... I, uh, there was a magnet over there, and that just pushed me right into the magnet. Just drew
0: my attention. <clears throat> and what what do you feel that the the community has well, given you that you didn't have before?
1: A sense of togetherness. Uh, you go into the temple, and. It's our day and night. You're leaving the anti-Semitic people out there in the cold, and you're going in, (coughs) excuse me, and you become, you become part of that community, which is uh, very accepting. They're warm. And uh, I made a lot of acquaintances, and uh, it was my was my home away from home, but recently I left Emanuel, going to Sinai. Okay. The, the rabbi said, the senior rabbi, he says, "I'm not gonna let you go because I did all the mitzvahs and
0: everything." And, uh, but I, I, I left for health reasons. Gotcha. And with. With that, you know, you said you've been to Israel a couple times. You've you've been active in the community. Um, now you're part of the the veteran community as well. Um, is there is there something that you think that we as a community can improve upon here in the coming, you know, near future? As far as like, do you see some? Since you've been a part of the community for over twenty years now, you obviously and you've you've been in planning you've done a lot of things in your life do you do you feel that we could improve in some way for the better that from what you've seen in the last 20 years
1: well I've been in Colorado for 49 years and I go to meetings I don't like the saluting you know that 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 military stuff I just don't not like that um and Yes, there are improvements. There's uh, all organization always needs some improvements, and of course, we don't have too many young people. In fact, I think the average age of that group is (laughs) death. So, and when I live in the dormitory, the average age is death too. You know, it's uh, uh,
0: so I'm the youngin at forty. So.
1: Oh, I'm seventy five next month.
0: Yeah, uh, you're like a big, big brother.
1: Right, and I don't always told her I don't look my age, and they you don't act your age either. You, know?
0: you don't look a day so, older than seventy four,
1: right? You don't look a day seventy four. So I went down to uh, Sadie's, and Gerard was up front, you know, everything, and he looked lousy this day. I says, I said. General, I said, Gerald, what's the matter? He says, "I'm 75 years old today." Wise guy, you know, not good day over 74. He did not like it. The only person I told that to who did not like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't please everybody, right?
1: Right, and you know, jokes. I could tell you. I think the funniest joke in the world, and there's some people that you know it's the humor is in is in the eyes of the beholder. And back in GAO, I used to be MC for people going away or people joining the organization. Uh, and back then, I did have my speech problem I have today.
0: <clears throat> and looking, looking back on your life and all the accomplishments that you've had, do, you, what, do you, what do you want people to remember <laughs> you by?
1: My humor. I feel I am. I'm destined to make people laugh, because pre-COVID, even pre-COVID, I would people walk around with a frown on their face, they're pissed off, uh, and I would uh, then it would be a challenge for me to make them laugh, right? Uh, even by telling uh, having a bad pun, even they go, oh, you know, it's still it's it's therapy for me. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, in fact, when yeah. no, go i you're good. When I, when I'm uh, when I die, I'm in the casket, and Rabbi Foster is doing my eulogy. Uh, I want somebody to have a cell phone in my casket, and somebody call it, because they always say, uh, "Turn your cell cell phone off." You know, turn. One time, the cell phone rang, and it was the rabbis. <laughs>
0: Of course. The irony. I
1: I want to get back to what can be improved. Um
0: So we're talking about the post, but we're talking about the Jewish community in general also. So if you see something within the congregations or, you know, the federation or what whatever you see, like
1: in fact I review films for the Jewish Film Festival and uh, I became part of the more of the community and I would take stacks of the uh, programs and just leave them off all over town uh, delis and gyms uh, and uh, I was so proud of that I was in um, Einstein's on Hamden and Mont uh Monaco.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was, and I'm handing eight o'clock in the morning. I'm handing out brochures. Up. I always ask. I, yeah. I would put him down. And this one, non, he, one guy said to me, can you go to a Jewish movie? If you're not Jewish. <laughs> and I says, of course. Uh, and, uh, if you go, uh, you get a free box of popcorn. You know, I made a joke at him. Because uh, you go to a, a French movie, you go to an Italian movie, but when he asked me that, it showed his nativity of the religion, mm. which, as you, you have to, you have to go along with the punches. And the temple uh, the post, there's things that could be improved, but it escapes my mind right now. Yeah, no, so, worries. Uh, no worries. I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just definitely keep me in the loop if you think of something. Right. Um,
1: I, think I think what's funny is I thought I was going to be interviewing people, and your you objective was interviewing me. And that was a little bit of a shock.
0: Well, you, you, you held your own, so I think we're okay. Um so you're, you said you went a couple times to Israel. What, um, what were your impressions of, of Israel while you were there and, and what did you all do while you were there? Was it like more of a tourist? I moved
1: thing? to Israel. The, the things holding me back is that lousy hot weather in the summertime.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you can't take San Antonio heat, you're definitely not taking <laughs> you know, the Mediterranean heat.
1: If Israel wasn't San Diego or San Francisco, that, that would be a different story. But not there in where they should be, and I'm proud of going to Israel. And there's a lot of Jewish doctors there, which amazed me. That's a joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, they kind of congregated there, didn't they? Um, right. any 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 words of 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 wisdom that you can think of for let's say younger. Folks thinking about possibly joining the the federal service ranks, or in, in some capacity, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be an option the way it used to be anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, would you recommend it first of all, and then secondly, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody like just finishing up well, college or you know wanting a career change in federal service?
1: The hardest the hardest thing to do when you move here is miss growing up with the family. You know, Denver, You know, New York City, Denver, you know, people think I'm mean, living in the wild west, you know. And people would ask me GAO, Alan, if they're gonna go back to Detroit or whatever, and I tell them, do it. Don't separate yourself from the family. That's my one regret. I also would give people advice when they ask about the career and and stuff stuff like that. And now being seventy five, I would go to a class. I go to Ali a lot, and I look around and I say, uh, if I can remember what do I said, I would say, "I forgot. I lost my train of thought on that one." I like to talk as you picked up.
0: Yeah, for being uh, hesitant to interview. You're, you're doing fine. Great. Um, so advice was go back to where you
1: were won and uh, I would give advice on careers and I would view in movies, Jewish film festival. I've known movies that are good. Now, I've had a write them and write a writer. A critique on it. And I would tip off people. I said, See this movie, see that movie. I became part of the biz, business of movies. And I'm a cocky little guy. And I was proud of that.
0: Yeah. Have you watched any of the recent stuff that's been coming out, like Unorthodox or some of the Israeli shows that are on the TV, like uh, Fauda or any of that kind of stuff?
1: I watched the one with the Orthodox one, yeah, uh, and then the woman, uh, Mays, The woman who I forget the name of the show. It's a hit. I don't, I don't like it though. That movie, uh, that series. Uh, do you know Abe Wagner? He's the Denver MC. He went all over the world giving lectures, and uh, so he was going to teach a class at Ollie, and uh, I signed up for it. He said this is going to be good. There was a problem. He would tell a joke, and I knew the, I knew the punchline. <laughs> Everybody laughed. So I had to drop the class because you couldn't have two comedians in a room like that.
0: <laughs> well, Alan, it's been a pleasure. Um, thanks so much for your time. Hopefully you got something out of it and, um, hopefully we can share these videos and, and, the, at least the audio for our fellow veterans in the, in the community and get to know each other better during these times. Um, I think it's important the that we audio
1: can... is going to be, you should edit that sucker. I oh, mean, yeah? I, yeah, I, I was, I was jumping from one to the other and, uh, I don't think it was a good interview. I mean, uh for me, I don't think I was uh psychologically prepared for it and getting up at nine o'clock over sleeping not how about the situation.
0: Uh, I think you did all right. I think you're a little hard on yourself to be honest. But uh
1: Well when you would laugh, I have a smile on your face, you know, I was happy to see that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You made me laugh, that's for sure. So
1: Well, if you want to have part two next week, let me know.
0: Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, Arab-Israeli conflict to get some jokes out of that, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Well, we have the Accords. Then we have... Well, I was a Democrat. I changed to Republican. And although I was involved in politics my whole life, I didn't see it until I was following Trump. I became aware of things I didn't even know, and I was in the government. It was an eye-opener. Yeah. So uh, uh, mumbling uh, mumbling Biden, who should be in jail. <laughs> now, you could, anything you want to add to this, I'll be more than happy to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, no worries. We'll, uh, we'll figure something out and um, try to do maybe something where we have one or two of you guys and we can talk like current okay. events and things like that. Yeah. So, all right, well.
1: Oh, there's a, com- there's a camaraderie, camaraderie with Jews in the military. Uh, well, but yeah. they talk about I don't know because I didn't grow up Jewish. In World War II, a lot of Jews were quartermasters. Because it's a stereotype that they handle money. So a lot of Jews, in fact, my uncle, Nat, he was there. He was a quartermaster. Mm -hmm. And one time in GAO, I was in Alabama with uh, one of my big managers. We had a happy hour. And this drunk at the bar says, you're a Jew from New York City. I should say, and you're a a dumbass from Alabama. But... uh, but I just looked them stunned because I didn't grow up with anti-Semitism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, but people, for some reason, they stereotyped and somehow they figured out I was Jewish. And so, uh, and my manager said, he said, let's leave this place out. Yeah. In Idaho, I had a job in Idaho and I was in the, the belt where you have these right wing guys with guns and everything. And, uh, it was no
0: problem. So, I I do have one question before oh, we, before we take off. Yeah. Sure. So it's been kind of a I've seen a trend with with a lot of you guys that are in the the veterans group where you might have started off as a socially liberal Democrat, but then slowly have migrated over to a more conservative outlook. Was that something that just happened over time, or did, was it just you you change as a person and therefore your viewpoints and what you believe in what you value changed to move you to a more conservative uh, mindset
1: Well, obviously I didn't like was didn't like what the Democrats were doing I voted my first home vote was for Nixon uh, didn't tell anyone and uh, uh,
0: What was the question? Just why? Why do you think that guys like your age are going from Democrat to Republican now?
1: Right now, nowadays, uh, it happens like the way I was drawn into Judaism. I hate when people say Judaism. There's no, it's Judaism, and uh, you're drawn to it, and you have something in common, and. Uh, uh, and people, like uh, tell wartime story, you know, war, war stories. And uh, I was at the VA hospital, get my hearing aids. And this guy, I think he was in the Civil War. He was old. And uh, he said, you see this hearing aid? I said, it's the best hearing aid I've ever had. I said, "So I'm so happy for you. He said, I could hear birds chirping. chirping. I could hear to pit a pat of rain. I could hear my wife. Well two out of three is not bad. And I said to him, what kind is it? He said, quarter to twelve. Quarter to twelve. He couldn't hear.
0: Okay. On that on that note, perfect ending. <laughs> right. Well thank you so much. And uh we'll let you know when it's up and I'll uh I'll send you a link so you can pass it on to friends and family and whatnot. Well, do you edit it? No, I mean besides adding credits and whatnot, not really. Because I said things that I shouldn't have said. It wasn't politically correct. In fact, you can't call a
1: jail. You can't call a prison a jail. The big house, whatever you have to call it, a
0: gated community. D- don't worry, the uh, you know the the PC warriors aren't going after seventy five year olds. I think you'll be okay.
1: Well, I had a Trump hat I never would wear in public. (laughs) And that burns me, you know. That pisses me off because hey, I'm not pissed off with Democrats and and don't have the hate you have for Trump. And it sort of took away my, this is America. And the way things have changed is very bothersome to me. In fact, I absorb it and become enraged inside. And uh, I think this country's gone to hell. It's gonna become a socialist uh, country. We have a president who signed 41 second orders and that bypasses the Congress, Senate, in the uh, house, where they have they have hearings and everything, and this guy's passing forty one laws without the uh, input of Congress, mm-hmm. and he's he closed down the pipeline Keystone. It's going to ten thousand jobs, and around the the country, who's you know subcontractors? It's a hundred thousand people. I mean, he.
0: Well, I, I'll talk about this next time. I, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll get into a, it next time. Were you in the service? Yeah, I was in the Army for 12 years. Wow. What was your last duty assignment? Fort Carson, Colorado Springs. Yeah, so I actually
1: came to Colorado.
0: Yep, came to Colorado in uh, 2004, 2003, 2004, and... See, see if
1: I had to interview you, I I would it would be not a challenge, it would be fun. Oh yeah? Then you have a civilian job now in, in yeah. immigrant uh, and is it a uh non profit or something? What
0: no, I mean I, I started like a small consultant firm and uh work on Independent contracting stuff for for DoD, DOS, and and other uh, oil and gas industries for security and cybersecurity, that kind of stuff. So,
1: well, how did you get set up in the Middle East? Uh,
0: well, what? there's networks out there and jobs and other things that people that you know, you know, like government agencies and other people they right. win contracts and they need labor. <laughs> To go and uh, facilitate uh, those contracts
1: when i was auditing i loved contract jobs because you had criteria mm-hmm. and uh my specialty was health my health no so <laughs> thank you i'm sorry uh, for way i acted when you called uh that's i'm embarrassed by that you're
0: fine and uh you're uh, you're, you're 75 years old and on zoom that's a win. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, if you get frustrated with technology or anything else, like, I don't take that personally.
1: Well, my technology was in GAO training. Right. And we had a key group. And one time the guy says, hit any key. I said, I can't find the key that says hit any key. You know, I, I was, I, I'm a little bit naive. I think my cell phone, I use 1% of the technology. And the PC, maybe 4%. Uh, right. It's it's four young people. Yeah. In fact, if my phone, if I problem my phone, I go down to a kindergarten class and have the five year old, or six year old help me out.
0: There you go.
1: It's amazing. Okay, thank you, Ben.
0: The show is produced and engineered by myself, Ben, out of Denver, Colorado. Be sure to subscribe to our social media or wherever you consume content: iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Big shout out to Mike Xavier. Thank you so much for letting us use your music as part of our show. Be sure to check him out as well on social media and stay tuned for the next show.